This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Forever! When your first choice is a big old bus You turn around and boom You end up with us Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspod at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you ready You for some sloppy seconds, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks? I almost fucked up the title of my own fucking show with Dipper, you fucking fucks. That's Big Dipper and I'm Meatball. Welcome to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. I really just love that when I ask people, do you feel like Meatball is being like mean at the beginning they all say like no we hear it as love good <laughs> just calling people fucks that's how my parents love me at all love everyone else <laughs> okay so i wanted to talk briefly about steak okay um which is wild because when we got on the call will our engineer was literally um cooking six steaks for his family no, it looked like uh, 12 <laughs> so i made a steak for myself last night Ooh. and it was literally i think the first time i had ever done it what kind and of steak i don't know because i helped my friend move out of her apartment and i cleaned out her freezer and there was some steaks in there so i took them home so already i'm not interested so it you was took frozen home all freezer steak and she's been out of town since january but let me tell you it was sickening it was very good. I put butter in the pan. I put salt and pepper and garlic powder on both sides of the steak. Mm-hmm. I pan seared it. And then I put a little sh- shaved Parmesan on the edge. And I let the cheese sort of crust in on it. Because, listen, my experience with meat is like I'm like a cheeseburger person. Yeah. So, like, for me, I was like, I bet this will be good. It'll be like a Parmesan encrusted steak and it was i gotta tell you it was very medium rare rare well done it got past medium i wasn't sort of intending for it to but because i had wasn't used to it i want to know what kind of steak it was like was it like was it shaped like a t it didn't look like the cartoon it looked like a flank steak yeah probably like that oh so a cheap meat cheap (laughs) would you expect anything less from me of course well it wasn't yours it wasn't mine. It was, a, she knew that I took it, and it was part of, like, what are we going to do? Put the steak in storage? Correct. You're no, going to put it I in your body for storage. It. That's right. I stored it. I'm going to store it for about seven, eight hours, and then it'll make its way. What time do you wake up in the morning to poop? Mine comes every day at six o'clock. I'm just like an alarm clock. Anyway, I think we should go to a break. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll flush everything out, and we'll be back with our amazing guests. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm-hmm. Very cool. 
that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this is oh, yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. We are and back. We're back. And very, very excited to have with us, um, she's slayed on season 12 of Drag Race, mm -hmm. a Kansas City legend. Yes, ma'am. Widow Bondu! Yes, bitch, she might be. She might be. <laughs> she might be. The bop, the only Drag Race bop, in yeah, my the, opinion. That came out hard. Bop. When okay, how long had you been planning that, and like what went into making that? Because that music video is everything. So I had wrote it right after the first episode because all the girls kept saying uh, when I walked in the room, "What am I do?" Yes, bitch, she might be, and I was like, "Well, I guess this is gonna be my tagline now." And <laughs> I had started writing it when we were in a hotel when you know we had downtime and stuff. So I was just writing the song while I was there. That's wow. amazing. And then how did keep that same energy come around? <laughs> that was actually uh, written for after Snatch Day when those bitches tried me. Oh. And I want to apologize later. Keep that same energy, sis, that you had when you was talking that shit. <laughs> That's right. I will say, so watching you on season 12, I really connected with you as like a narrator in the interview chair because obviously like you're fun and entertaining and you're amazing at drag. But also I feel like mentally I was always on the same page as you where like they would like edit all the girls to be like, what's she doing with her dance moves? And I'm like, she's giving you choreography. Like yeah. just listen to her and do the show. Like, did she not prove how sickening she was in the fucking in mini the first episode? Just oh my listen God. Up. So I was like, I always on your side. Like literally I was like, girl, I've done talents, pageants. I choreograph shit for our pride here in Kansas city. I'm like, can y'all just learn this? It is just a cook. Just, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but I think, it, I mean, I do think it's interesting because, you know, as more and more seasons of Drag Race happen, not only does the fan base sort of understand that there's production going on, you know, the podcast I produce, Race Chaser, we talk about every single episode of Drag Race. Like, we're also inside of it. Was there like a conscience? Or, or, or like a consciousness of that amongst you and the other girls on your cast of like, this could be the, the, the villain moment, or this could be the tagline, or this could be the funny thing. Quite honestly, when you're there, you kind of just don't know what the fuck is happening. You're just kind of <laughs> along for the ride. Like I never really saw like anybody as a villain really. Like, you know, I'm in a room full of Queens that just basically is talking shit. And it feels like I'm at home. And I hate these bitches. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you auditioned? Uh, I auditioned for season 11 and oh. didn't get on. And then literally I went to DragCon uh, and BB had called me right after. She's like, start your audition tape for 12 right now. And I was like, okay, oh. <laughs> all right. And so I started it like a year before it even came out. It just, 
just kept filming stuff and just kept That's filming. Smart. That's what I think the girls are all up to now is like the minute the new season comes mm-hmm. out, they're already like on it. I try to tell my sisters here, I was like, look, bitch, the moment that <laughs> that you realize that it has been they already picked their girls, start. Just start filming shit. Start Are you the filming. first Kansas City queen? No, Monique is. Oh, right. But now she lives in L.A., so I feel mm-hmm. like she's an L.A. So girl. So now I'm the only Kansas City queen. <laughs> yes! So I'm really curious about the scene in Kansas City. Um, we had Crystal Method on the show, and I know that she lives in Springfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked about this a little bit with her. Like, I've played at Crystal's party. Um, get dusted before and I've gone to Springfield and it's like a college town and they sort of all rally around you know there's like a couple bars there Mm -hmm. but I know it's such in close proximity to Kansas City so what like what's the what what are the spots in Kansas City what's the vibe like what does the Kansas City queen do in in normal times uh well before you know the pandemic Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was uh there are several you know, clubs we performed at. We have uh, Missy B's, Hamburger Mary's, um, Sidekick Saloon. But Sidekicks is more like the country girls that are doing shows there. Hamburger Mary's is basically, it's like Applebee's, but with drag queens. Right. Yes. <laughs> and Missy's is basically the, the dance club where you go and party and drink. And, you know, when you used to be able to touch people all the time. <laughs> so which one was like your home bar or did you have uh, one? I started at Missy's but then I started working for Mary's more so now I'm one of the show directors at Hamburger Mary's here in Kansas City oh, oh wow a show director so you're on salary there that's what you mean <laughs> so you're behind the curtain you're in front of the curtain <laughs> I am the curtain ah! <laughs> what ah! Wait, okay, so what is like, okay, so every city, every drag scene has its own specific thing. What is like, what is the thing that a Kansas City queen has that every Kansas City queen can do? Because I know in LA right now, the girls are all very gorgeous and they can all do a death drop. Can you, Meatball? Yes! No, you can I almost broke the stage. At, I, I, I almost broke the stage at precinct trying to do one. Trying, I almost put trying, trying to do. Well, it's because when I went down, that's when I heard it buckle. I had to <laughs> roll real quick. Me and Naomi Smalls performed, and it was broken, and we couldn't go. Oh, on that, I think that was that? after my heel. One time, I landed a cartwheel, and my heel went into the stage. And when I lifted my foot up, there was no shoe on it. <laughs> It was stuck in the stage. And in the middle of the number, I was like, everybody look at this. Like, look at what I'm performing on. And everyone was just like, yes, queen. And I was like, no, I'm not happy. Yes. what's the Kansas City staple? Uh, Also, I think every queen has had that moment where their shoe got stuck in the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't really know what, like, the actual staple is. I know for the House of Andu, our staple is splits and you know buck in the house now that's what we do do you so, run a like a splits boot camp for all of your house members oh i mean it's kind of the requirement because you know <laughs> mother does mother does you know splits like i used to before i got older <laughs> i used to uh, leap off the of speaker boxes to the floor and do like this big death defying split can't do that no more she doesn't get up as easily as she used to <laughs> oh my oh god. my god wait run us through your family tree who's in the house um so i have cody von du uh lana lux von du erica von du misty von du jaharia von du erica Badu. Von du. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's where the name started from originally oh really uh-huh that's how I and how did you get you. widow? Uh, I wanted something black and dangerous. <laughs> uh, now, were you a trained dancer? Because in the first episode of Drag Race, you were doing ev- or your first episode, you were doing everything: <laughs> back bends, drop in, splits. Were you trained, or did you just like teach yourself? Uh, well, I did uh, Brazilian martial arts, car- capoeira. So, you know, it got me to move and do all my tricks. That's where I learned that at. And before that, I was in drill teams, dance teams. Um, and so I just been dancing pretty much my whole life. And wow. so. <laughs> That's insane. And who, what was like the moment that got you up in drag initially? 
<laughs> so was doing a show for Pride, like a big benefit for Pride. And we were all youth at the time, roughly about 17. And at that time, I was like, I don't understand why anybody wants to fucking do this. Why would you put this makeup on and these heels? I just don't get it. And I was like, bitch, why? And so he asked me if I could help him with this show. And I was like, I can choreograph, bitch. But that's about it. And then all of his queens started dropping out because they were getting paid to work at bars instead of doing a charity event. And he just cried and cried on my shoulder. And I was like, I just need someone to do this show. And I was like, fine, bitch. I will go out there and do your show for once. And I put my face on. Well, (laughs) I put on some lip gloss. (laughs) 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 I put on some lip gloss, my Tarjay dress. And my nice wig, the wig was the best part of the whole look. <laughs> and I went out there and I was just received so well by everybody. And I was like, all right, bitch, I'll come back next week. Oh, and wow. two weeks, two weeks turned to 14 years. And drag you know years. what? <laughs> it's always the reluctant girl that becomes a professional. It's always the one that's like, no, don't make me do it. I don't I want can't. it. I couldn't I possibly can't. be this amazing. Ooh. <laughs> but it's so true, though, because I was like, girl, I will never be doing this. And now they don't do it no more, and I'm still here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you mentioned putting on the heels. Uh, on your season, sort of iconically, your heels oh. maybe weren't as high as some of the other girls. And mm-hmm. you had a really amazing... I mean, first of all, this season, I feel like more than any other season in Untucked, all like the celebrity guest judges would come back always, which is like, yeah. I can't believe... Like, what an amazing experience to me. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the Shaka Khan of it all. Uh, but I want to talk about the heels first, because Leslie Jones, like, made, like, a very funny to-do about, you know, your heel. But I want to know, first of all, talk about the heels. And second of all, you got to meet so many celebrities. That's so cool. So I just want to say, I wore that shoe on episode one, and nobody said a fucking thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch my spring runway, bitch, she is rocking that yellow pump. Yes. <laughs> so, and also, you know, I was getting ready to leave for the show. I was like, bitch, I don't have enough shoes. And so I got on Amazon to order shoes, but all the ones I needed with a taller heel wouldn't have came in in time. Uh, and then the regular yellow shoe I bought, it was too small. It said a 12, but it fit like a 10, bitch. <laughs> so I was like, I definitely can't wear that. And so I was like, you know what? These shoes will be here in two days. I leave in four. Fuck it, bitch. <laughs> Just buy the shoe. Oh, yes. my gosh. And and what about, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe, like, did it feel surreal to meet those people? Okay, so I was, it literally felt like I was dreaming when I got to meet Nicki Minaj because I've always, Fuck always. That's so crazy. Uh, <laughs> And like she held my hand, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god!" And everybody also, asked me, "Like, what is?" <laughs> not to mention, you fucking slayed in front of her. Yes, that dance was... rap looked <laughs> sickening. You won the challenge. Like, are you kidding? Look, everybody like people would say it all the time. You didn't have to go that hard at lipstick. I was like, how many times did I go get the chance to show off? Mm-hmm. One on national TV, two in front of Nicki Minaj, and three her motherfucking song <laughs> right right that's I was like, insane i was like i'm taking all this opportunity for myself i was like this wasn't even about gg and me lip-syncing no more bitch no. this was like widow bob do performing for Nicki minaj two yes. starships <laughs> that's that was amazing. so incredible watching your season was like well I mean, Elephant in the Room, it was re-edited, so it felt a little bit weird. But also, it was like right when quarantine or right when this pandemic started taking over. So it's like, what was it like watching it knowing now that more people were probably watching because they're all stuck at home? It, you know, reading the messages from people that were stuck at home and just, you know, listening to them. Because I don't think that if we were actually on tour, like we wouldn't have had time to actually read all these. Mm -hmm. So it was much nicer to get to connect with the fans more than just like, just seeing that they didn't see some stuff. So, you know, that was pretty nice. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. A bitch still wanted to be on the road and shit. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) did you have a bunch of stuff planned and, like, ready to go? So I only got two trips out of my entire schedule. And that was the first one when I went for New Year's down in, uh, where was it, in Florida. And then I went to L.A. for the second watch party for episode two. Oh, right. So, and, and did that you was all in, go to Vegas? Y'all were all in Vegas? Cast? Yeah. Yeah. We went to Vegas like a, cast. That was like a promo thing, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't work there. You know, we just went and looked great yeah, and drank just, for free all night. You looked <laughs> great. Wait, y'all looked stunning. <laughs> so, uh, Shaka Khan. Shaka uh, Khan, Shaka Khan, through the fire. Okay. Now meeting the legend herself and then having that moment where she's talking to me i'm like she's actually like talking to me and giving me advice like what the fuck is going on is this actually life right now and don't get me wrong i didn't want a lipstick at all but it's shaka khan (laughs) is that now is that a song of shaka khan's that you have done a lot before or what is your go-to shaka khan song so i've actually that was actually the first time i've ever did that song i just knew the song yeah i just knew the song because like i i love shaka's music like literally i mean we had a conversation like through the fire has got me through a lot of shit Mm -hmm. and and just like i've never actually performed that song before and i was like Bitch, but I know this song in and out. When I saw it on the list, I was like, oh, bitch, don't let me fall to the bottom to the Shaka Khan song. <laughs> I just can't imagine, like, sitting across from someone I admire so much, having them sort of touch my hand and talk to me. Like, I don't know. Were you able to actually listen to what she was saying? I, w- I, was I feel able like to I'd be listen, thinking about so many other things. I don't know. But I wasn't able to talk to her. Like, right. <laughs> it was like, I don't know if I actually could even speak. Like, I was just so lost for words and that's usually not who i am as a person like i can talk your motherfucking ear off but i was like i can't even speak to you like you're shocked you know who you are right, right. <laughs> that's so uh, crazy i love that what, um, will, what would you say was your highlight of filming the whole season that you were there like what was your favorite moment uh the honest truth the favorite moment is every time i walk down the runway because I felt, you know, just stunning. It just, I felt like, bitch, you've watched Queens do this walk all the time. And mm-hmm. now it's your turn. And you're going to watch this back and be like, bitch, fuck those shoes. But you can tell me shit. She was fucking <laughs> the shit out of that runway. <laughs> I mean, you really did turn some really fantastic. Yes. Yeah. How many designers watermelon did you Watermelon titties? Yes, watermelon titties! Oh my god! See that, and was... then you had the hair to match and your eye makeup. I, that was my, one of my favorite looks from you because I saw you got the fucking hairline <laughs> green too. Like you did it. <laughs> See, that was one of my favorite looks that we that uh, that we created for the show because I was like, you know what? I have not seen a big girl come out here in a two piece and let a log snatch off titty cups. And be like, yes. yes, bitch, these are my titties. Uh-huh. I used to get bullied for these, but guess what? Straight men put their faces in them now, bitch. Whoop. What? Ah! What? <laughs> I love how that. much how much time did you have to prep for the show? Uh so the person that makes all my costumes, known as GB Couture here in Kansas City, also a drag queen named Mulan. Um oh. so I just paid thirty dollars to see her. Thirty dollars <laughs> on uh, Disney Plus. So literally we had to hire a team. And everyone had to like not do shows while I kept up appearances. So they worked pretty much day in and day out. And I would literally leave from the show, drive over to the studio and help when I could and go back home, sleep and get ready for the next show. Yeah. So they literally worked day in and day out while I kept up appearances so that no one knew I was leaving. Like it, it took them it took them like a week. It took them a week to find out I was gone because I literally was like, well, I don't have shows this week anyways, and I'm supposed to leave this week. And so when I left and I didn't show up for my actual show that I hosted and created, I was like, they were like, oh, bitch, she's on. And did they, <laughs> did, I mean, this might be too far behind the curtain, but does production give you like any tips on how to keep it secret? No, they just say. They no. say you cannot tell anyone <laughs> and you're going to disappear. 
and yep. shh, don't Wait. tell anyone. That's they crazy to that's me. That's so insane to I me. Have, I have never understood why they don't why say, they... give us your phone. We're going to take a bunch of fo- like take a bunch of photos of you ahead of time. Don't post them and then we will manage your social media for you and just put a picture up every uh, you know two or three days so people don't think you've mysteriously disappeared. Or, yeah, I've or never let understood you... that. Or let you pick the photo and write a caption or yeah. something so that it's like, oh, maybe like, they're I just... Mean, while you're getting mic'd up high. every day, just fucking post on social media. You know, it we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> Wait, say again, Widow? I think it's just the hype of it all. I think that's what yeah. it is. I think... Because girls do like to pretend to disappear now. <laughs> the dolls, the dolls like to disappear and then come back on the same day that the other dolls come back. It's very, a lot of it's, divas have just recently returned to their social media, and what were they doing the last couple of weeks? Grocery shopping down the street. I saw you. <laughs> Video games, sitting at home ordering it, Dominoes. I mean, bitch, during season, I mean, during season eleven, I disappeared for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, it was, was like, a, it was a deep depression. Uh, I was like, was. I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Back. And we're back. Do you know Wicked? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you did you do you enjoy Wicked? What are your thoughts on Wicked? Wait, are we talking like the Broadway play or is there something yeah. new that came out that I don't know? <laughs> no, the Broadway is is it is the Broadway musical not new? This is news to me. I've just recently You thought it was into, brand new? Meatball? I thought it was brand I thought Idina Menzel went from Alphaba to Wicked. What? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Wicked? I love it. I honestly want to know, how does she stay green the whole time? I've painted myself green before, and I'm like, girl, how do you stay like, oh, my friend, all? My friend was like an understudy on Broadway. They use like a, they use the MAC uh, liquid foundation, and then they like just powder their hands the fuck down. Because they only oh. do their hands and their face. Yeah, because she's long sleeve the whole she time, She wears right? long sleeves the whole time. And then she so and like they just get stockings. green everywhere. I mean, the right. other secret is that there's just green handprints everywhere. That's what I'm trying. To remember. Like, I was like, how can I not touch things and not get green handprints everywhere? Yes. Have you ever painted your body fully, like head to oh, toe? Oh yes. I love painting myself. I've I've painted myself to look like uh, a very androgynous version of Hades. So I was all blue. Uh, oh, like I from Hercules, Hades. Uh huh. <gasps> I would like to. See that, that makes a lot of sense for you. Oh, I love shit like this. I've painted myself purple for Ursula. Like I literally that love that makes sense makes so for you too. For you. <laughs> I was always the one that liked the villain. Ursula. You would. I actually did audition. <gasps> no, <laughs> but I did audition to try to be Ursula at Disney, but I couldn't sing. So, <laughs> uh, wait. So, um, let's get into this. So, uh, like I guess it was about a week ago you posted mm-hmm. some tweets uh, about the racism and toxicity in the fan base there's and have a sip have a sip (laughs) and basically you were like uh all of these comments make me want to stop doing something that i love to do and i should have just remained a local gal and not gone on a worldwide television program and being presented to a group of people who can just spew hate in my inbox all the time Mm -hmm. um so i'm curious what your experience has been like that. And I'm also want to know like who reached out to you, who talked to you after that, what kind of support do the other people who've been in that position offer you? So, you know, ever since the, you know, the show started, like when we got announced, you know, I was already getting a bunch of like hateful messages for like my promo look or my reveal. And it was like, y'all don't even know me. And Mm -hmm. I get it. Like I was already warned by girls before me that, you know, this shit is real. Like people gonna be sending you stuff. And I was like, you know what? Usually people talk shit. I get on stage, I'm twirling and you're watching me, bitch. So say what you want. But you know, we're going through a pandemic. We're not working and I have to watch my entire season kind of like pass me by. Yeah. And so I got messages because, you know, I beat Gigi in the first lip sync. 
I got messages because I beat Jan in the lip sync that sent her home. And, you know, it's just like, I was getting called the N word a lot. I was getting told I should kill myself. I was being told that I wasn't deserving of being on Drag Race and this and that. And you just, it just started piling on. And with being trapped in my apartment and, you know, doing less shows than I was doing before, because now I'm doing one show a week versus doing six shows a week, like I used to. And, you know, the pandemic, my, my relationship ended during the pandemic because I just oh. couldn't deal with like the way that people were talking to me. And I just started like going off on my partner. Cause it was like, you don't ever fucking ask me how I'm doing and this and that. We just talk about your shit. And it just, it's all got to me. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, I was out and I was doing a show and then I had these, these gaggles of Caucasian gays come up and was talking to me and they're like, well, we don't even know who you are. And I was like, let me guess, you know who Gigi Good is. And they started like, oh my God, I fucking love her. This man, I was like, that, that speaks something about what our fandom is like. And it just, that I got home and I started like just reading stuff. And then there was just more of this hateful shit in my inbox. And I was like, you know what? If no one's going to speak on it, I'm going to fucking speak on it. Because I was like, I didn't put my entire life and soul in front of the world to be, you know, torn down every fucking day. <laughs> like, I wasn't even like an awful person on the show. Like, I was <laughs> very sweet no. and just extremely honest. <laughs> right. and, and, you know, and so I just posted it. I was like, you know what? I put myself out there to try to help others see, like, you could be a big bitch and you could go out there and wear what you want, do what you want, you know, eat what you want. And, and I'm like, why am I getting all this hate? Yeah. Because I beat two girls on a on a show like i didn't choose the lip sync against them you can blame production for that bitch i <laughs> and so after that post like i stayed off my phone for like a day and then i got back on and like all like pretty much it was just an overflow of love from like people like the true fans of drag race and right. i got messages from michelle visage uh I got messages from all of my sisters from season 12, even girls I didn't even know, <laughs> like that I've never even met before from other seasons have messaged me. And like the UK girls, they've messaged me personally. I got messages from the girls up north. I even got some messages from girls in Thailand. And I was like, wow. Yeah, it was, it was very, I very, mean, that goes like, to show that it's like a real sisterhood. Like once mm-hmm. you've all been through it, you know it better than anybody else. The thing that is still so shocking to me about all of this is that this is not a new thing. This is something that people have been talking about for a long time. And I think the first time it was brought up on the show was when Vixen was like right. talking to Aquaria. And we had her on the podcast to talk about that too. But it was when she like looked at Aquaria and looked at the cameras and was like, what America is going to see is a white girl crying and me as the, mm-hmm. as the aggressor. Villain, or whatever. As the aggressor, yeah. yeah. So do you feel like, do you get comments about you being aggressive towards other people? Although on the show you were not. Yes, I got like lots of messages about the way I was speaking in my confessionals. I was like, girl, this is how I talk. Like, I I tell you the truth. I don't have no reason to hide shit from you, bitch. <laughs> like, I, I, I prefer someone tell me the truth versus like beating around the goddamn bush. <laughs> it's so I, wild that they're picking on things that like, I don't well, know. I think, it's just so I don't weird. Know. I, I, this is not really a fully formed thought, but I think that it's the same sort of like group of young people that participate in performative activism will sort of retweet and reshare a black lives matter post and say like, you know, police brutality, defund the police, all of that is horrible. And they get so entwined in it that then they, they go, well, I didn't like the way that she behaved on the show. So I'm allowed to be picky about it. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. you don't see how you're like the world around you has put this bias Mm-hmm. This like this lens in front of your face that makes you more critical of all the queens of color than you are of the white queens that exactly. like 
I remember when it was like a few years back when Bob sort of put out a bunch of photos on Twitter or Instagram and was like, look at all these white queens who have a million followers and look at all these black queens who have 200,000 followers and the difference Mm -hmm. between, oh, they were on the same season. These two are both winners, but like there's just this inherent racism. And I think it's fascinating because as a show, that show was helmed by a queer black man. And that show has told the stories of so many queer uh, people of color and has crowned a fair amount of queens of color as well. But the fan base still can continues to be like overwhelmingly racist and white. Like that's, that's why I don't get, I'm like, you talk to the queens like this, but yet you watch a show that is ran by a person of color. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's definitely been a big whirlwind to deal with. And I'm just, you know, I feel a lot better now. I got it off my chest. I finally right. said my piece. And, you know, I'm going to go for a little vacation. Oh, yeah. what's the plan? Well, I guess you don't need to talk. Hawaii. <laughs> like, where are you going? What? What's the hotel? <laughs> I mean, I'm coming to L.A., so. Oh, sickening. Ooh. I'm going to go hang out with my sister, Missing Closet, and see her for a little bit. Oh, right, because she then- moved here. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, so, I'm curious. You You are doing a show in Kansas City right yes. now right i saw mm-hmm. you uh what is it like so is kansas city like open half open like what's going on so so i like i said i host shows at mary's and us queens can't leave the stage okay okay and we have someone that is walking around collecting dollars since you know it's a restaurant so everybody's sitting down yeah okay and if they're like if they have to get up to go to the bathroom or go out to the patio they have to wear their mask when we are walking through the bars to get to the stage, we have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we also have face shields too, if you want to, but I don't, you know, I can't dance and have a face shield. I tried and that thing pressed and my whole face was on it. Right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bitch, I can't see shit in this face mask. <laughs> but yeah, so, and you know, we're at half capacity for the restaurant, so it's not as busy. Right. But people definitely do call to make reservations because they're like, you know, we miss seeing shows, bitch. So right. <laughs> I mean, I, it sounds like y'all are taking the proper precautions. I'm down. I I would do a show in L.A. if I could, like you said, not have to get off the stage, mm-hmm. and I was behind like a plexiglass or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Vipa wants to be in a Pope mobile and sit yeah. on a stool, be rolled around, and just sort of serve face. That's what yeah. Vipa's looking for. I and mean, maybe I kind of want to get one of those bubbles. Yes. yes! I love a bubble. Willem has one. <laughs> yes. Bitch, I want a bubble so bad. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is so wild. We were just talking about this before, but like really recalibrating like this is not gonna end anytime soon it's not gonna end overnight there's not gonna be some magic cure all of the you know politics around the Mm -hmm. vaccine and the science is all fucked up it's all linked to the election it's all you know so it's like we really have to be in a position where we're saying okay how do i you know move forward where i feel safe and i feel like those around me are safe but i can continue to do what i do because let me guess do you not are you not getting your life that one day a week that you get to perform <laughs> oh trust me it's the only thing <laughs> is keeping me sane is ah! pussy splat on the stage one day a week it's the only thing it's i'm right. so jealous <laughs> like and you know it's definitely is a different like change when performing because so you know, i'm used to twerking on people's laps, you know, rubbing faces in my chest, having dudes grab my ass. Cause I love like making straight dudes feel uncomfortable when it comes to the bar. Yeah. Cause right. they, cause they start lightening up later. I'm like, yes, bitch, let's go do a shot. You had fun today. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's definitely weird. So I'd like change what songs I do. Cause I used to do like mixes. <laughs> right. And I was mm-hmm. like, bitch, I can't stand up here for six and a half minutes dancing, bitch. I'm tired. Right. Oh, I swear I wore heels for like 20 minutes the other day and I was like, I'm done. I'm out of breath. It's hot. My feet hurt. When did this happen? Yeah, You're like, where's my green screen? Yeah, Where I was like, my- where's the green screen in my fucking chair? I'm sitting down again. <laughs> I need to sit down. Oh my gosh. Well, this um, listen, us all. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for being so open about that yeah Um, conversation about the fandom and also like 
I think it's important. I think a lot of people go, if they're going through something, you know, and they're a public figure, they say, oh, I don't want to put this out here because I don't want people to see me as vulnerable or weak. But I think, like you were saying, like, we have to talk about what's happening mm-hmm. and how we're treating one another in order for people to understand its effect and, and make a change. And, and yes, it, it, drag race is a show run by, you know, a queer person of color with a, a theme of love and acceptance. And it is such an oxymoron uh, or yeah, juxtaposition to the mentality of that fan base. And I, and I don't want to say the whole but, fan base, but uh, like, uh, like, it's so easy to be like, well, the judges read them and all these shows give commentary on them. It's like, you cannot like something someone wears and treat a person like they're an artist and a human. Like <laughs> you don't yeah. have to tear them apart. Cause you didn't like the shape of that skirt or the height of but that how, heel. How are you, how, what, like what can the show do to help? Oh yeah. Like, cause if, if it's happening over and over and over and all these girls on the show are, are going through this, what can the show do or what can the Queens do or what can we do besides just talking about it to like, st- like, I just don't I understand mean, why it doesn't seem like it's going to end. We've been talking about it for three or four or five years now. I mean, that's, that's quite honestly, I think is what we have to keep doing is just yeah. talking about it. Like, cause you know, we can continue calling out these people and, posting their pictures and their little messages they send us online but we just got to start talking about it and you know i feel so much better getting it off my chest yeah right and i think a lot more of the queens of color will feel better once they get it off their chest too and then when you start seeing more and more people like that people are gonna start you know thinking twice before jumping into somebody's dms yeah and it's also important you know for like us as white people like to talk about it and and like the white queens who don't receive that hate to say well this is my sister so what the fuck like we did the exact same thing on the show but look at how you're treating this person uh in order for it to not be like to again not put the burden on the people on the victims of the hate to then be yeah. the people fighting the hate you know so i think as yeah. a collective i saw on the drag race account they posted like a compilation of like i think it was like honestly it was right after you tweeted that they posted a compilation (laughs) it was like six minutes of like black excellence on the show where they just showed like a bunch of clips of black good amazing on the show and i absolutely love that video (laughs) yeah and i think i honestly i attribute it to you speaking out and like starting that conversation on a larger level a lot of people have been having it but every you know every tweet about it every comment every post about it adds a brick to that you know to mm-hmm. that mountain or whatever that was a great analogy on my part Let's the next <laughs> well yeah people. that great brick mountain <laughs> i believe that they talk about that in the new movie mulan yes <laughs> all right now it's time for my favorite segment fuck talk where we share uh weird or uncomfortable sex stories or just anything now because you know, things are weird. Now, you famously talked about how you have an amazing throat game and that you can suck a dick. Is this factual? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's factual. Like, oh. okay, so she snatches what? souls, baby. Ah, suck that soul. So, what can I do to practice? Is there something about opening the throat or is it a position? I know I work best if my body is facing the their toes and i'm sucking their dick that way you know what i mean like if you're on your knees and they're like sitting down is that what you're saying or like like it's like 69 Ah! but i'm not i'm not on top i'm like to the side so i can really get a handle on it you like to come in from above yes like a bird (laughs) i mean i i don't really know but like but my process is you know i just don't have a gag reflex (laughs) Must be nice. Must be fucking nice. If I know I'm about to go off on somebody, I like can't eat for two hours ahead of time. No water. Like I, like I need to, it needs to be open because like in like I do have a gag reflex and I like to play like I don't. And so if if I have eaten or something and I get too close to it, like I have to be out here swallowing some vomit. 
I say smoke some weed before because like that helps. It like it relaxes you. Okay. Ooh, you're gonna love LA. <laughs> you are. I, trust me. Why do you think I'm coming back? No, do you have? Uh, well, listen, Meatball. I pulled this comment okay. and I wanted to share it with both of you. Um, <laughs> this is a one star rating that we got on Apple on iTunes. our podcast. On our podcast is a one star. That's rating. weird because uh, the average of our podcast, I think, is five stars. Right, but this is a one star, and it, it is in related. It's related to this segment of ours, which we call fuck talk. <laughs> okay. The the review is uh, titled "Cringeful at Times." Overall, a fun podcast, but fuck talk has really just turned into Big Dipper bragging about the risky sex he had the week prior. It's not so much sex positive as it is overly self indulgent and somewhat obvious it used to be an interesting segment but every week the stories get more and more cringeful than i think intended and it's turning into skippable segment for me and my friends the guests are awesome and meatball is as always hilarious well thank you now so, what was the note the note was i'm just kidding no i got it i'm a star. no i understand <laughs> and i have risky sex so, Widow, I mean, do you have any sort of crazy sex story, like a go-to wild time of, you know, we're gay. We've all gone to some apartment we've never been to and knocked on the door at <laughs> 2 in the morning and texted our friend the address to make sure we didn't get murdered. So, I once had a, a terrible sex in a crack den. <laughs> so, you know, that's my crazy story. What about you? I mean, I once had terrible sex in the back of a Chevy Malibu in the behind of a Bryce Chopper. And <laughs> how was, did you Oh, meet sounds this like gentleman? Dipper last week. <laughs> okay. Was it a cruising accident? So this was a this was a while ago. Now you know I'm like, look, we gonna do it. You about to come over? I need like my 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 bed, my sheets, you know, <laughs> air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking to somebody. And, you know, we were messaging and I just, you know, happened to be like, oh, yeah, you know, she's ready. She can do things. You know, why not? So what? I'm out shopping and he's like, well, I can meet you up. And I was like, well, there's nowhere really to do it where we're at, but we can do it in your car. Now, <laughs> if you plan on fucking somebody in the car, you got to make sure there's not shit in the backseat. Are you there talking about douching or do you mean the backseat of the car? <laughs> like there was stuff in the backseat of the car. Oh, okay. <laughs> But I see where you. I see where yeah, you. Yeah, hop, <laughs> hop on in my back seat. <laughs> yeah. So there wasn't enough room, and you know I'm big, and I'm like, okay, this is not enough room, and it's also in the middle of summer, and it's hot mm. with leather seats. Oh mm. no, sticky too. I bet. And like, and like Ugh. his his stroke game was not great, and I'm like, okay, this is just not worth it, bitch. I just want to go get some groceries and go home at this point, right. like. <laughs> it was. It lasted you just walk around like to the front minutes. of the building. It thirty, 30 minutes. minutes, and I was like, "This is just not the ticket, girl." That sounds That's like a too long to be to in me. a car. Yeah, it was just. It just kept getting hot and hot, and I was like, "I'm not even like, like anymore. <laughs> like it's everything soft. I'm just sweating. You just breathing hard." And then <laughs> did you finish your shopping with like? real good like sex smell all over you no i looked real dewy because the bitch was hot (laughs) (laughs) oh wow yeah yeah i one time gave a guy a blowjob in a car and he i don't know what we were thinking we were young and he had the light on in the car to see yeah but that means that anybody outside of the car can see in and you can't see out (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so was I was a- blowing him and we heard a knock 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 on the window and it was my other luckily it was my other friend but we were in the parking lot of a bowling alley and they were like are you guys coming in and I was like <laughs> like just like terrified dick in my mouth like yeah we'll be right there and they were like oh, ooh, oh, ooh, 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 and I walked away <laughs> it was horrifying and then they didn't I mean we I've never spoken to them about it so great friend <laughs> never brought it up again if you're Meatball's friend and witness that, call into the show and tell us what you think of her. <laughs> Probably dead. All right. Well, we've made it. Widow, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on all social media platforms at the Widow Bondu. 
You mm-hmm. get my music on all musical apps that you know, serves bops. <laughs> if you are in, if you are looking for some good bops to watch as well, you should check out Widow's music videos. Yes, uh, they're on YouTube. Uh, and for for yes, bitch, she might be and keep that same energy. And isn't Shiloh on keep that same energy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yes, a he nice is. dude. He's actually the one who took me to the studio for the first time. Wow. That man is a hustler. He grinds. (laughs) He grinds. He, we, I met him in Kansas city. We played a show together at, um, some music venue. Anyways, uh, I I have played at Missy B's before and I've told the story in the podcast. I was traveling through on my way to Austin for music festival and I like convinced them to pay me $200 to play a show. Probably 20 people showed up. I too much in there for me. I played the show, but they were in the middle of doing like a golden girls sort of. Oh yes. So I did my rap show on the set of the, their golden girls. So there was like a couch and some palm trees and curtains and i came in through the door to start my show because i thought that shit was funny um but i had a nice time it's funny though i know it's funny (laughs) i had a nice time at missy b's so yeah oh my god Um, all right okay well thank you so much for listening to sloppy seconds Seconds. you can follow us on instagram Instagram at sloppy pod send us an email at sloppy seconds pod at gmail.com or you can call in with a fuck talk story to two one three five three six you can follow Big Dipper at Big Dipper Jellies and me at Spicy Meeple on Instagram and Fat Drag Meeple on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode, which now come out every Tuesday. And today's Friday. Today is Friday. So today is the Friday episode, you dumb fucks. Goodbye. Thanks so much for being here. We love you and appreciate it. Thank you. That was so nice. Thank you for having me. This was fun. (laughs) I hope when this is all over, we can eventually work together. That would be lovely. I am ready. I hope you like tequila, bitch. Oh, (laughs) I used to be my writer. I used (laughs) to ask for a bottle at the beginning of every show. A full bottle. I literally need a whole bottle and a six-pack of beer, bitch. That's all I need. Yeah! (laughs) I love you say that's all I need. That's (laughs) a ton of alcohol. But that's a drink and dinner. Yeah. The beer is just a carry. I just do shots. Doodle doot doot forever dog. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media. Mom! Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Mixed and mastered by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork is drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.